We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Paul, the managing editor over here at Rams Talk. We're with today the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower, doing a quickie, a quick podcast just with some major news coming out. Well, I don't know, I don't know if you call it major, but for the Rams major, Malcolm Brown, our back running back, getting some good time in this year, down for we don't know how long, and definitely with the MCL injury. Norm, how does this affect the Rams? It's going to certainly hurt him because that's that's the guy that they've had backing up Gurley so far in the entire season. But uh, Lance Dunbar looks like he's going to be coming back, so he he might fill in that role. And then you got Justin Davis, who, other than some fumble issues in preseason, looked extremely good, and I think could be a different pace back for the Rams. So it's it's going to hurt a little bit because they depended on him to come in and and fill a role. And he did, a, he did a very good job for him, so it, it'll hurt him a little bit, but I really don't think it's going to hurt him that much because I think they've got some good depth there. I think it could hurt him, I, you know, especially in cases where Todd Gurley needs a spell. I honestly believe watching Malcolm Brown run that he could be a 1,000-yard-plus rusher in this league. I'm serious. Dead serious. Don't, you're probably rolling your eyes at me right now. But seeing how hard he runs, seeing some of the decisions he makes when he hits holes, I really like this guy, and I really like what he brings to the Rams offense. So I think it's a pretty big loss, especially in games where the Rams do need to spell Gurley. Now, they could also use, you know, Tavon Austin. Like they've been using him, maybe give him a few more carries here and there. Austin's very familiar with the run game. And then you mentioned Lance Dunbar. We don't, 
I don't even know what to expect from Lance Dunbar. I really don't. Well, before the injury, Lance Dunbar probably would have been the starting backup over Malcolm Brown. I, I, I truly believe that that would have been the case. So if he's back into form and 100% and able to cut and move and, and do all the things that he's known for, and he's had enough time on the practice field to, to get back into football shape, I, I really think he'll be fine. Justin Davis, I really like that kid. I, I think Justin Davis in a year or two, could be a starter in the league as well. I love his speed. I love how he picks a hole and just, you know, he's like a rocket ship when he flies through it. So I really think they'll be okay. You know, you never, you're never perfect when you lose somebody like Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown's done a great job for us. And, you know, we're certainly going to miss having him out there. But I think there's enough depth. And I think our offense is, you know, our offense is creative enough that it's not going to make that much of a difference. Well, also in Rams news, Jared Goff wins the Offensive Player of the Week. Should we expect this out of him from now on? Well, I think you should expect it at, you know, a time or two. I don't, I don't think you're going to see it every week from him. He's customarily struggled against tougher defenses. And, and when I say struggled, he, he hasn't necessarily had the kind of numbers and as crisp and sharp as games as he's, as he's had prior, you know, prior to that. But I, I could truly see him having Player of the Week or Offensive Player of the Week honors again, sure. He's stepped up this year. I think he's proved himself, and, and he's doing a great job. And I'm really happy that, well, okay, let's say it another way. As you know, I was a big Carson Wentz guy. I thought Carson Wentz was our was our future, and I, I said I wouldn't be disappointed if they took Goff, but I really thought Carson Wentz would be our guy. Carson Wentz obviously is playing well, but if we had drafted Carson Wentz, how well would he have played under Jeff Fisher in Jeff Fisher's system, and would he have started right away, and would he be where he's at right now? I seriously doubt it. So I really I really think that we're seeing Goff come into his own, get comfortable. I think there's a great relationship with the coaches. I think he's grasping the system. He's definitely moving better in the pocket. All the things he needs to do, taking care of the football, all those things he's starting to do consistently. And so, yeah, I, I would expect to see it another time or two before the end of the year. Well, you know, the weird thing about Goff, and, and maybe this is a good segue into looking at past expectations. You know, when this season began, I would have told you if Goff can throw 20 to 25 touchdowns a year, minimize interceptions 10 to 15, I'd be okay with that as long as he can manage the offense and, and move the football. And that means manage the offense. And I don't mean that in a negative way. But now we're seeing him develop. We're seeing this offense develop. And I don't think I can even hold to that expectation anymore. At 25 and 15, the way he's moving in this offense with Sean McVay at the helm here, that he could be a 30, 35 touchdown guy every year, maybe more. The way, you know, his maturity level. And I mean this in a way, and I know I've been pessimistic on Jared Goff. I honestly believe we could not just see Offensive Player of the Week. We could see him down the line competing for MVP trophies. If this rate of development continues and he continues to ply his craft the way we've seen him do under McVay. We didn't really see him plying that craft last year un- under Fisher, but you know what? Fisher, who did Fisher really bring in to coach him up? Right. Really. Well, he's, he's sitting at 13 touchdowns right now halfway through the season. So if he continues on the pace that he's at, he's looking at 26 touchdowns. And I think he'd be quite pleased with that for his second year, especially with only four interceptions. So if he, if he doubles his numbers now, it'd be 26 touchdowns and eight interceptions. I'd take that every year from him. 
Sure. I, I certainly think he'll, he'll do better than that. And I think there's a lot of things that have happened that have helped him improve outside of his own skill level. And what I mean by that, our offensive line is playing way better than it did last year. And every game, they're, they're continuing to gel and become one unit, which is great to see. I love seeing the Rams tackles and guards down the field blocking on run plays and on screen passes. They're out there. They're given. You can see the effort they're given, and they're really playing hard. And that wasn't there last year. Now, whether that was because of the system that we had, uh, the offensive coordinator we had, the eighth-grade offense that we ran last year, (laughs) if it was one of those things, I can understand. But, I mean, look at last game. He didn't get sacked once. Our offensive line – they're getting a few penalties a game, but that's it. They're not getting the consistent false starts. They're not getting the consistent holding calls. So the offensive line's playing better. He's obviously got a better receiving core, so he can depend on guys to run the routes that he's expecting, and he's got guys that will go after the ball and catch it. So there's a lot of things on the team that have happened to help Goff improve. But just seeing the consistency, the way he goes through his progressions, the way his footwork's going, the way – He's actually moving in and out of the pocket, stepping up in the pocket sometimes when he needs to, getting out of the pocket and rolling out when he needs to. All those things are way better than what we've seen from him in the past. And so I really think if he continues to grow at this pace, uh, he could be a Pro Bowl quarterback for years to come. And you mentioned the offensive line, too, in, in terms of, again, we're kind of on this expectations mode in this conversation, is entering this season, I don't think anybody expected this offensive line to protect Goff as well as it has. We expected it to be improved. We knew we had a bonafide left tackle in there, you know, and Mr. Whitworth. We knew that it couldn't be any worse than last year, but I don't, I didn't expect them to be as good as they are this year. And just an interesting stat, I, I, my, I couldn't, this blew my mind when I saw this. I don't remember the source. I'm sorry I don't remember the source. I'll, I'll try and find it. Did you guys know that Jared Goff wasn't even touched? Against the Giants. Yeah, I, I, I told you that. I mean, he wasn't knocked, hardly even knocked down. I think the only time he was knocked down was when he tripped in the end zone and fell during the celebration. <laughs> <laughs> See, how do you, you know, and so, again, the expectation level, Roger Saffold, we could have, you know, for years, we, we poked fun at Roger Saffold for his injury issues. We knew he was tough. We knew the guy was a fighter. That was never a question. Just, just the fact that he could not stay healthy. And, oh, my gosh, knock on wood. I'm saying that, by the way. Knock on freaking wood. There we go. Knock on wood. Okay, well, he's been outstanding this year. His his, his pro football focus scores are off the chart. He had honorable mention this week for his performance. You know, we really need to consider what he's done as well. And, again, the idea of performing above expectations. And I think, that, Norm, this is a great segue back to the beginning of the year. When we preview the season, we talked about, you know, wins, losses, and, and I, I'll take ownership here. I, You know me. I'm Mr. Pessimistic. I go 6-10. and 10. You, I think you said – did you say 9-7? and seven? I said 9-7, and seven, yeah. I, I said 6-10, and 10, and now the expectations change. I think I did not tell you, but it, I, I believe I said that if the Rams went 6-10, and 10, I would be happy with that. Yeah, with a new head coach, new yeah. offense, and all that. Yeah, you said you'd be happy with that. And we talked about that the other day, you and I on the phone, and, and, and I asked you, so if they lose every game the rest of the, of the year, are you still going to be okay with 6-10? and 10? And your answer was? No, absolutely <laughs> not. You see, and that's the really the great thing about watching a team develop. As you watch your team that you're following, that you're covering develop, as the expectations change 
your view changes. And so I, I can't sit there and say I would be happy now at 6 and 10 because now I know they're a better football team than that. Now, I mean, if they were to go 6 and 10 now, they finish the year on an eight game losing streak. And who the heck wants that going into the offseason? Well, it looks like the 7 and 9 bullshit's over with. Yeah. It, it just, it, it it's, like just, it. it's just not under Jeff Fisher. <laughs> and uh, we, we, we talked about this as well. I guess we're kind of bringing this, this personal conversation over the podcast, and that is where does this team finish? They have the Cardinals ahead, and I think that's, that that can be a trap game, but they're the better team right now. The Rams are the better team. We can count that as a win. Uh, we should be able to count the 49ers game as a win. There's two games right there. We should be able to count the Texas game as a win. That could be a trap, too. And the Texans have enough in them to give the Rams a run for their money. But that, that, there's three wins right there. Yeah, so that makes, them, that makes them with nine wins regardless of what happens everywhere else. So That's if they win the games, they should win. Correct. And now, now let's, let's say of the, the other, other tough opponents they have left, they have, they have the Saints, they have the Vikings, they have the Eagles, they have who else? Come on, off the top of my head here. Um, Seahawks, Cardinals, yeah, Seahawks, and you know, so Let's just say they win two of those tough games. They're 11 and 5. I, I'm sorry, I, I, I couldn't imagine them going 11 and 5. I think Johnny called it 11 and 5 to start the year. Yeah, he did. And and Johnny's you know forever the optimist, and you're forever the pessimist, and I'm kind of somewhere in between, leaning a little more towards the optimistic side. And uh, they've definitely met. I think I told you on the phone they've already met my expectations with six wins. And if they were to go 500 the rest of the year, I wouldn't be happy about it, but it would be okay. Well, if they go 500 the rest of the year against that tough schedule, I think I'd be okay. They go 10 and six. They're and they're, and they're probably in the playoffs. playoffs. Correct. And, and so, so, you know, know what? what? For, For a first year under a 31-year-old head coach, you, you know, know what? I'd be happy with that. Now, of course, you know, we all want more. We all want to see this team go deeper. And, you know, this week, all of a sudden, you're seeing this, this rash amount of predictions where, you know, Peter King from SI.com has the Rams going to the Super Bowl and beating the Patriots, by the way, in the Super Bowl. Okay. Which, Which, by the, the way, way would, would be 16 years of happiness, finally. You know, all those years of suffering and painful, remembering that loss in Super Bowl 36, that goes away, at least somewhat, to beat Tom Brady in Super Bowl. That would be, but that's, that's asking a lot. Sure. And it doesn't matter what team you are. If you're a good football team, your odds of making the Super Bowl, unless you're New England, there's nothing written in stone here. I mean, there's a lot that has to happen. Your people have to stay healthy. Your players have to perform at the level of expectation. And there's a lot of good football teams. You know, there's 32 football teams in the league, and there's 16 in the NFC. So we got to be the first team out of 16 to make it to the Super Bowl. And that's that's some pretty hot odds, especially for a first-year head coach. So if that happens, oh, my God, I'd be thrilled to death. But if they were just to make the playoffs or even come close to making the playoffs, I, I think I'd be thrilled to death. I just... It's just nice to see football back in the Horns uniforms. It's nice to see the Rams performing at a level to where you know you got a chance to win every game. When's the last time you sat down in front of a TV or went to a stadium and watched the Rams play and had any expectation that they might win that game? It's it's it's. I mean, you're always the pessimist. Uh, you're always the pes- You're always the pessimist. So. Um, uh, give, give me a, me a second. second. I, I gotta think, think about, about this, this one. one. Um, <laughs> when was the last time they played the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
besides that, you know, honestly, I guess it's a better question, and this is not me trying to dispute your question, but maybe give your question a little more depth. Is when was the last time we went to, you know, we started a season really expecting to see the, the um, or even got to any point in the season where we expected the Rams to win consistently? And if that, if we're going to answer that question, is probably. 2003-2004. We entered the 2004 season not knowing that that was pretty much the end. We thought, you know, entering the 2003 offseason, they were going to be okay. So I guess that would be it, 2003-2004. There were moments with Sam Bradford that I was a little hopeful and could see some promise there. But then we're talking about Sam Bradford. If that had been Sam Bradford that would have tripped in the end zone on the celebration, he'd have torn his ACL. So... <laughs> well, his, his, his knee, knee might have fallen off, off right, you know. I mean, and, and, and by, by the way, folks, uh, Sam Bradford on the IR for the Vikings, and we're, we're, we're cracking jokes about Sam Bradford. Uh, the guy did try his darndest as a Ram, and it's, it's a shame that his NFL career has gone this way because uh, he's a good guy, and I believe I, I, I really believe he could have been in this league, and I wish things would have gone different for him. Yeah, I don't think he's just—I don't think he's physically built to be an NFL quarterback below the waist it, it's just it, there's too many injuries and i feel bad for him too and and we poke fun at him but I, I do feel bad for what happened and you know he's fought back and he's been traded and he's gone from team to team and at moment there were moments where he looked brilliant and you thought well maybe he can come back and then the injury bug hits again but the, i think the thing about the rams that i've noticed the most you know with you being a school teacher you see your students start off at the age that you receive them and then you watch them continue through school and you watch them grow and 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 become adults and and you see the changes that happen not only physically but mentally and spiritually and the kids become a a school unit where they start finding new friends and you see the little clicks going on and they continue to grow up and they join clubs and it's it's something that's kind of like a fact of life that you expect now you look at the rams the last couple of years in the locker room, on the sidelines, you didn't see – it was like watching a group of high school kids. They just – they didn't look like they had any confidence. They didn't know what they were doing. It was all – they were – I mean, they're so used to losing that they were pessimists themselves. And now you look at the sidelines, and they are a totally different team. They've matured. They've grown up. They've become a unit. They've become a family. And it's really nice to see. Well, well I, I, guess I guess one word, word that, that comes, comes to mind, mind, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're going to go with, with the teacher point of view, watching them mature really, to me, into professionals. professionals. And, and for the, the last five years, years under Jeff Fisher, you saw every once in a while that gleaming of professionalism, and then they go back into immaturity. This team is professional. They are mirroring their coach. Sean McVay eats, sleeps, drinks, probably, you know, everything in between football. Okay. okay, and, and if, if that, that is, is the case with him, and it is, by the way, how can you not fall in line with that? that? You, 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 we, we saw, saw it in the Jacksonville game, the moving out to you know, the Cardinal game, game just the way they handled that. And everything is a science now with them. Everything is a plan, even down to training for these, preparing for time zone changes, for road trips. You know, that's why they're doing so well on the road. It's because they're prepared, and there's a professional, and they've all bought into it. That is, that is what, what Super Bowl teams, teams do. do. And this, this is, is why I'm kind of, I feel even, even oh my gosh, gosh. I'm, I'm going to say, say it, Norm. I feel optimistic, optimistic 
I feel optimistic that this team isn't just going to be a playoff team one day. Uh, I believe I'm starting to really believe that the, what they're doing out there is building a Super Bowl franchise. Look at how the Patriots do it. Look at how. I, I'll, I'll even, even go, go there. there. Even, even the Seahawks, Seahawks, to a degree, have done it. The, the Steelers. The Steelers are a great example of it. You know, you know just, just the way they build their organization. organization. They, they are professionals. professionals. They, they handle their business. business. They have a plan for everything they do, everything down to the draft, to the way they do their road trips, everything. And the Rams, by the way, they even got the draft right this time. It didn't look like it as much at the time. Jim Everett told me this best in our interview. They just have football IQ. They're football men. And and that is what you need to be Super Bowl champions one day. And that's why I'm getting optimistic. I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid because it's just something we haven't seen in – man, I don't know if we've ever seen it with the Rams. In 1999, yeah, I guess you could say that. But as Mike Marsh took over, it was just slowly on this downward spiral because he wasn't that kind of coach. He had the talent, you know, that Vermeil left him, that the front office gave him, and he was a great offensive mind, but he just wasn't that long-term coach who could maintain that that atmosphere, that professionalism. And so, dude, with a 31-year-old head coach, we could be seeing that. There could be the Eagles and Rams for the next 10 years. Yeah, I, I certainly don't argue that fact at all. You can see that Sean McVay has changed the culture, and I hate using the stereotypical words that you hear on you know, on all the shows and everything, but they really have changed the culture there. And it's awesome to see. And I seriously believe that this is going to make the Rams a force to be reckoned with for the next five to 10 years. There's going to be some contract things that we've got to work out. You know, the Tremaine Johnson thing, the Aaron Donald thing. There's, you know, Todd Gurley's going to need a new contract fairly soon. There's going to be some things that come up that are going to be a little tricky. But when they, if they can figure those out and keep the core of this team together with Sean McVay at the helm, I really believe that we're looking at five to ten years of really good football in L.A. Well, hopefully, hopefully in time, time for that, that, that stadium, stadium to open up. up. You know, you know, and, 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 and one, one more thought on that, too. too. If, if things, things keep, keep going, going as they, as as they, they are, are, I don't, I don't see any possible way that, that an, an NFL, NFL team will ever hire Jeff Fisher again. again. I would agree uh, with that 100%. You know, you know. Maybe maybe as a coordinator or as an assistant or something like that, but I don't see him being a head coach. All right, right, folks, before before we move move on, on, really quick, quick, we want to go ahead and give a shout-out to our sponsors over at Golden Ram Barbershop. You'll find them at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California, 92683. Their hours are 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday, Saturday 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Sunday... You're not, not going to find, find them open. They're watching the Rams. Rams. They're closed. You, you call them. them. Make, make an appointment. appointment. Make, make it happen. It, it, Sal, Sal Martinez, Martinez, the owner there, has been keeping the doors on, keeping the lights on for the Rams ever since they left for St. Louis. Louis. Now, now they're, they're back. back. He's, He's still there. there. His barbershop, get him at 714-894-7267. Go in there. Get a look at his shrine to the Rams. You're going to find jerseys. You're going to find Autograph, autograph pictures, pictures you're, you're going, going to find helmets, helmets pretty much anything, anything Rams. Rams. You're, you're going to find it there. Talk, talk to Sal, talk Rams football all day, every day. Get a great haircut at a great price. price. Use, Use the promo code, code Rams Talk. Again, you can reach him at 714-894-7267. Get an appointment. Golden Ram Barbershop. 
Oh, and, and one, one more thing. thing. If you, you wish, wish to sponsor us, us we, we would, would love, love to have you on board. board. Email us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. We'll send you all the details. We would love to do business with you. Again, ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Well, you know, just just think of in the NFC West during that same time span between 2007 to now. and Because that's when the team really hit the skids, 2007. We saw the 49ers make a comeback. We saw the Cardinals rise. We saw the... The Seahawks come back to you know come back to earth and rise again, and it was fairly quick turnarounds for all of them. And I think we're going to see it again soon with the 49ers too. And yet you had five years, and we didn't see that kind of turnaround. The Cardinals are a good mirror image of that. Ken when Ken Wisenhunt was removed from the Cardinals and they hired Bruce Arians, it was a very quick turnaround. It was at almost the same time that the Rams made their their switch to Fisher. And, and what, what did you, you see? see? Five, Five years, years of eh. And, 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 and right, right away, away the, the Cardinals, Cardinals turn around. around. So, so to, to say, say that, that you know it, it takes time to build a team, team sure. But, but you, you can't, can't tell me the Rams, Rams haven't had a foundation for years. They had it for years. And in my view, with this quick turnaround now, I don't see any general manager in their right mind ever hiring Jeff Fisher to be their head coach again. No, I would agree with you 100% on that. Let's uh, let's talk about some NFL news here real quick. Uh, Elliot Ezekiel Elliott, his suspension is back on after his injunction was denied. So the continuing soap opera with the Dallas Cowboys and Elliott uh, has taken another turn the other direction. So we don't know how many games he'll be gone this time, and then if he'll be able to play again or not this year. Uh, I just really wish that it would get figured out so we wouldn't have to keep talking about it, but. That's in the news. The suspension's back on after the injunction was denied. Uh, earlier this week, the Packers cut tight end Marcellus Bennett off, or put him on the waiver wire, and uh, the Pats picked him up. The Patriots picked him up today. So that's an interesting uh, pickup for them with the tight ends they already have on the roster. Uh, it's liable to make them even stronger. A.J. Green from the Cincinnati Bengals won't appeal the $42,000 fine after the Week 9 scuffle that they had on the, uh, on the field. The Colts released Vontae Davis due to an injury. He's going to be uh, undergoing surgery. I don't know what that surgery is yet, but uh, it's tough to see him get released for the season because of a surgery. So that's uh, um, that's that's pretty much all the news that's going around right now. One, one real, real quick, quick comment, comment on the news before, before we close uh, tonight's, tonight's show, show, and that is, I just, I just have, have an honest, honest question. question. How, How on earth do Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Green not get suspended for that fight? AJ Green, Green picks him up, up does, does the full, full MMA, MMA takedown here, okay? Takes him, you know, choke, basically a choke out, you know, a choke takedown, okay? Actually, for whatever reason, decides it'd be awesome to, you know, punch Ramsey in the head, except Ramsey still had his, you know, helmet on. How do you not get suspended for that? What is going on in the NFL? You can, you can suspend Ezekiel Elliott when he has not been found guilty of a crime. And then, and you, then have you have two guys, guys committing assault against, against each other on the middle of your field, field embarrassing the league, and they don't suspend them. them. I'm, I'm a little confused as to what on earth the NFL, NFL is doing right now in terms of discipline policy. It seems like they're losing control a little bit. And if they don't get a handle on it, it's only going to get worse. So they need to be more consistent with what they do. Uh, I agree that A.J. Green sh- should have been suspended for that game uh, after that, that game. 
at least for for one game, he should have had to sit on the pine and and you know be punished for what he did. I didn't see the whole thing before that, so I don't know what Jalen Ramsey did. You know, if he would have deserved a, a suspension or a fine or not, but he certainly didn't. You know, reverse suplex uh, <laughs> AJ Green. So so yeah, I agree. I think he should have been suspended and. There's a, there's a lot of that stuff going on. Like people were calling for Kiko Alonso's head to be suspended and he wasn't suspended. So I don't know where the consistency is. And I think that the NFL needs to do something about it and do something about it sooner. We're going to continue to see this. I'm okay. I mean, that's more like old style football to me back in the sixties and seventies when you used to see guys get clotheslined and the, and the, you got the old head slap. The Deacon Jones head slap and all those things going on. I'm okay if it goes back to that, but they need to be consistent with whatever they do. Oh, oh come on. on. Let's, Let's be, be honest. honest. You'd, You'd be, be happy, happy if they, they played, played in leather, leather helmets, helmets again. again. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come on. on. But, but, I mean, there's, there's, there, there needs, needs to be a consistency level here. here. And, and with, with all, all that amount of Ezekiel Elliott saga going on, I don't think I blame Jerry Jones for not wanting to keep Roger Goodell. As, as Roger, Roger Goodell, Goodell to me, in terms of the of the league's image, in terms of doing what's best for the NFL, has been a train wreck. wreck. You know, yes, yes he, he, you have profits. profits. You, what good are your profits going to be in 10 years when all the little things you're doing wrong now add up to problems down the line? And that's where the league's going right now. There are so many of these different stories going around the league that I, I just don't see how you can bring back Goodell. I don't, I don't he, at, least at least don't extend, extend the guy yet. He, he has, has one more year left of his contract, I believe, right? So, so why, why would you, why would you want to extend him now? He's, he's not, not doing, doing a good, good job. job. There are, uh, I, I could rant on this forever. forever. Well, I, if I you think, if you think about all the controversy that's been going on this year, I'm not going to weigh in on the kneeling during the national anthem thing, but I certainly don't think he handled that the way he should have. There is that. There is the Ezekiel Elliott thing. There's the different fines and suspensions and non-suspensions. The NFL's been in some turmoil this year because of Roger Goodell. And if he doesn't do something different, I agree. I think they need to look for a new commissioner. Well, it's not even this year, though. Think back to the Ray Rice story. Sure. And how that was handled. And how the, you know, Patriots. Deflategate. I mean, everything Patriots. I mean, Deflategate. He's been handling this stuff poorly for years. And... To, to me, me, at some, some point, point, the NFL needs to either, either you know, know, cut, cut bait, bait with him, him or, or, well, you never know. No, 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 they just need to cut bait with him. him. There, there are, are no other options for me at this point. I'm done with Roger Goodell. I feel like they need to get a guy who, or, a, or a woman who's got some, some gusto, who's got some huevos, that's not afraid to stand up and say, this is the way it's going to be, and if you violate this, this is what's going to happen, and then be consistent with what they do. Whether they're more lenient or, or harder on the players, either one, I don't care as long as they're more consistent. When you hear a player gets suspended and then all of a sudden they're on the field next week and then they're suspended again four games later and then they're on the field again the next week and then they're suspended again, it's crazy. And how do you prepare for that if you're another team? It adds, you know, it adds so much different to the other teams having to sit there and watch film and, and start pl- planning on for one player or for another. I mean, it's just not fair all the way around in the league. And I agree. I think Goodell needs to go, and they need to bring somebody in there that isn't afraid to set things right. Um, it, goes, it, goes, it, goes it goes even beyond. beyond that. It, goes it goes beyond the discipline, discipline issues. issues. It goes, it goes, on, it goes, it goes to, to the decisions, decisions to, to 
put, put like, like, I think, I think it's, is it five, five games, games now overseas this year? Is it five? I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, sure it's five. five. The, the officiating has gotten worse, and they're not really taking action to really solve that. You know, some of the issues with the rules. You know, you need to make changes. In positive changes, changes with a goal. And, and I'm, I'm not, not seeing Roger Goodell, Goodell go back, back and think of the things, things he's done and, 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 and consider, hey, this, this might not have been a good idea. idea. It's, it's not, not to me a good idea. idea. You know, and, and at some point here, there, there needs to be a positive change for the direction of the league. league. I'm, I'm very, very concerned about the direction of the NFL. You know, here at Rams Talk, we make our, we're trying to make our livelihood off of covering this team and by proxy now covering the league as well. And, and so, so we, we need the league to be healthy. We, we love, love this sport. sport. And, and that, that needs to be a consideration for everybody, for everybody in the NFL, not just these, these silly podcasters. podcasters. The, the, the health of the game matters. matters. And, and heck, you know, you know talking about, about health, health, I'm, I'm ranting now. I'm sorry. sorry. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm ranting. <laughs> well, okay. I, I'm going to apologize to Jeff Risden from Texans Wire uh, right now because I'm going to steal a phrase of his that I really liked, and I'm going to adopt it into my own vocabulary and that is the NFL front office right now is a cavalcade of crap. <laughs> Even, Even this, this one to me is probably, probably the, the, the most dangerous, dangerous one of all, all. and that, that is CTE. And, and the way, the way Roger, Roger Goodell and the, the NFL, NFL at the, at the highest level of handling CTE uh, is concerning. Is because now, now you aren't even considering, considering Roy, it's, it's not even the health of the game, it's the health of players, players that play that game. game. And, and that, that can have, have a long-term effect just with having athletes choosing a different, different sport. sport. And, and so the NFL, NFL must make changes. changes. They must. They must. Or, or we're, we're going, going to see this continuing trend that we're seeing this year of fewer butts in the seats, more controversies, more black eyes for the league. It's just the bottom line. Sure. Folks, Folks, you turn in. in. I'm, I'm glad, glad you joined, joined us tonight, tonight for this spirited episode of Rams Talk Podcast. The, uh, yeah, for Norm Hightower, this, this is Manjaner Derek C. Apollo. We'll, we'll see you see Sunday for the post game. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.